Okay, everybody, Guru and Wiz are back for some more football talk, and this time we're going to be taking on the tight end position, which uh, I couldn't have been any more wrong on last year coming into the season. I remember turning to my partner uh, in one of my leagues last year saying, you know, we got to really make sure we get one of those top tight ends because this position is, is so thin, and I couldn't have been any more incorrect about my assessment, uh, which probably leads to my excitement coming into this upcoming season because I think it's, uh, it's a position that I think is pretty, pretty thick. Um, how are we doing today? Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I think uh, as we talked about when we went over the teams in the AFC and the NFC free agents and some outlook for the season, you know, we, we glossed over a little bit. I thought – uh, that, you know, we were kind of on the money about uh, the tight end position for this year uh, while you still have, you know, those three elite guys that, you know, are at the top of everyone's list. I think there's, you know, there's, there's some more depth and even I would use the term quality depth for uh, a bunch of those, you know, young tight ends. And uh, I think this is the position where, you know, this is going to be, the most fun in fantasy drafts who's going to hit the jackpot Who, who's going to land on one of these young tight ends that becomes the next jimmy graham um you know waller was that for the raiders last year and people that were lucky enough to you know um draft that player but i think there are uh, several of those players this year that have the chance to do that um, so I, I think, you know, we're going to go over um, some names and uh, I think I think it's going to be fun to see, um, you know, when it comes to that position in fantasy football drafts, who can nail the, the, the tight end that'll, uh, you know, that, that'll be uh, the next up and coming superstar at that position. Yeah. And then, as you mentioned, Walla was a guy that we got really hyped up in the preseason. You know, they really talked a lot about his athleticism and we certainly were excited about that player in a few of the leagues that we were in and managed to get him. And he, he, he was a great, easy and cheap, cheap find. And I, and, and I think there's a few more of those guys that'll be out there this year as well. You know, obviously the Kelsey's, the Kittles, the Ertz's, those are the top three names, the position Waller has kind of entered himself into that equation. And one other guy that I think is who put his face on the map, uh, you know, this past year uh, is Mark Andrews from the Ravens uh, who, who was really uh, Lamar Jackson's favorite target when you really look at it? Yeah, I think uh, the Andrews situation was kind of interesting. Um, the Ravens were going with two, three tight end sets, and uh, a lot of a lot of people, you know, didn't necessarily think uh, that he would be the one that would emerge. There was a lot of thoughts uh, that uh, the young player who they just traded, Hayden Hurst was going to be that guy, but boy, Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson over a full season really just seem to have that great connection. And uh, yeah, I think Andrews and Waller certainly <clears throat> moved themselves a lot closer to that, you know, Kelsey Ertz Kittle group for sure. And uh, there are a lot of guys, um, you know, to talk about there. Um, was there any you know name or names that you wanted to first talk about? Yeah, so you know, one guy that uh, that I felt was making a connection with his quarterback, and I kind of looked at him in a couple of leagues as as being a guy that I wanted to target, and that was Austin Hooper. 
Um, and he's an interesting player this year, and now he's moving, he's moving rosters. But that was a player last year that, you, you know, you heard his quarterback really. And you got to watch for these little things. When quarterbacks start talking about, you know, talking their players up uh, overtly, uh, you got to pay attention to that. And I think Ryan started doing that a, a few years ago. And, you know, Austin Hooper took that next step up. Uh, with the uh, with the Falcons, uh, unfortunately, he's not in that situation, which does which takes away from his value for me coming into the season. But but he was a guy that I was really interested in. I think um, you know on, on the flip side of that, OJ Howard, you know, he was a player that so many people were looking at coming into the season last year as being a guy that was going to make that next move up the boards and, 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 and in production. And, and we saw the complete opposite of that. He was a very inconsistent player, you know, shared time with, with, uh, with Brait in Tampa Bay and just really never saw uh, what people expected out of him. I think, um, you know, the other, the other guys that I look at that, that I think, you know, excited me last year quite a bit um, before the season, but just, because they couldn't stay on the field. Evan Ingram has, has really flashed at times uh, when he's been on the field, but last year he couldn't stay on the field. And he's in a situation where I think he could succeed if he does so. But unfortunately, that player has struggled to uh, to stay on the field. And the, the last guy I'm going to mention right now, and, 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 and he's, he's, he's got a change in scenery, but Eric Ebron, you know, unfortunately Andrew Luck retired and, and the Colts had much more inconsistent um, quarterback play last year. But Ebron had so many touchdowns the previous year with luck and, and a monster year. He had a terrible year last year. He's got a new new place of uh, residence, and he's going to be with the Pittsburgh Steelers for this coming season. So I think an interesting player for, for the coming season uh, uh, at the tight end position. Yeah, I, I think I have some views on some players um, that in, in my eyes, uh, you know, a little bit of a downgrade. Um that I'm not going to be so much interested uh, in, um, you know, Hooper was really good and had such a great connection um, with Matt Ryan. And when you have Ridley and, and Julio opening up that middle of the field for you, there's a lot of room to operate. And Austin Hooper is a, is, is just a fantastic red zone target. He's a big, strong guy, uh, with strong hands, um, and he he really was utilized properly for the first time in, in a few years uh, with Atlanta. But I guess you know Cleveland saw that, and so you know he's in that system now. There's a lot of mouths to feed over there in Cleveland. A lot of greedy offensive receivers. Um, so I, I think he kind of takes a downgrade. Another guy that I am not going to be drafting or not interested in a lot of these leagues is, is Cook from the Saints. Um, I'm not interested so much in any player in the upcoming season whose fantasy value was touchdown dependent the year before. And when you look at a player with his stats, it's, it's almost incredible to believe that he had nine touchdowns and 43 receptions. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's almost, 
that's 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 almost impossible and in my opinion impossible to duplicate yeah we could he catch more passes certainly but i think he's touchdown dependent and similar to what i felt about eric ebron going into last year who is really touchdown dependent the year before and i didn't like him going into last year's draft i have the same kind of view of cook going into this year He's going to still be in the top 10. He's certainly ranked as a tight end one. Um, probably, you know, even in the 7 to 10 range, I think. But, you know, not not for me. Um, one player that I think, is, you know, is, is so interesting is I'm not a big fan of handcuffs. Um, I think, you know, sometimes... It, people just say, oh, I have to get the backup. I have to get the backup. But I'll say this. If you're in a league that you can draft two tight ends, in any format that you have Zach Ertz, you must draft Dallas Goddard for the simple reason that if Zach Ertz goes down, Dallas Goddard, based on ability and situation, immediately, at least in my view, becomes a top five or six tight end. And even with Ertz, playing alongside Ertz, there's value there. So I love him as a second tight end, and I think he's a necessity if you have Ertz as your first tight end. What are your thoughts and views on that? Yeah, you know, so I do agree, because I think those players are on the field a lot, especially in the second half of the season. The team does not have great wide receiver play, um, and I still don't think they are. They'll probably address that at the draft. But I think Goddard will be on the field a lot, and I love the strategy. He's probably a player in auction leagues that you'll be able to pick up for a dollar. Uh, but I, I, I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. Can I, uh, I, I want to touch on three players that I thought shown a lot in the second half of the season. I know one of them you really like, but I, I would like to hear your opinions on the three players. And, and, and I looked at the second half, and, and these three guys were – in the top 10 of production for all tight ends in the second half of the season. Now, one is Tyler Higby uh, from the Rams. The other is Mike Kosicki of the, of the Miami Dolphins. And, and the last guy is Noah Font from the Denver Broncos. What are your thoughts about those three players uh, coming into this season? All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll take them in the order that you mentioned them. Um, you know, as far as, as far as Higby goes, I think maybe the trade that the Rams just made kind of, you know, kind of, they're kind of tipping their hand, I think, to what they want to do the upcoming season. I think they're really happy with Josh Reynolds, and they feel he's certainly, um, he, I think he's clearly the best number four receiver in football last year, and he deserves, and he would be on most teams' starting lineup. But I think the Rams are very comfortable playing with two receivers, two tight ends. You saw a lot of that last year. Uh, it really shores up the protection for golf a little bit more. And, you know, they utilized, they unleashed Higby in the passing game. And I think, you know, that, that is going to continue. Um, I'm not sure he's going to be able to um, – necessarily replicate what he did, let's say, in the last five or six weeks of the season. But I think I think he's in that seven to ten range <clears throat> at tight end. I like Kosicki. <clears throat> uh, I thought he was, you know, well thought of at 
you know, when he played Penn State, um, very good receiver. And he just seemed to have a really great rapport with Fitzpatrick last year. And I think Miami is going to address the quarterback situation um, with, you know, with their number five pick. Uh, but even if it's Fitzpatrick or they draft one of those talented rookie quarterbacks high, I like the ascending, uh, ascending certainly for, for Gusecki. And, you know, the thing with Noah Font is this. He's a wide receiver really playing in a tight end position. So unlike Hawkinson, who played with him at Iowa, who is probably as good or a better receiver, is also an elite tight end blocker and a willing blocker. I'm not sure Noah Font is, and I'm not sure he really is interested in putting much effort into blocking. So they have to use him in different kind of systems be able to get him in space um, and utilize his his talent. But I think I agree with you um, as far as all three players uh, ascending and um, all, all chance to, to be in that group that, I, that we were talking about at the beginning, you know, to being the next really strong uh, t- receiving tight end. Did you have a stronger view of any of the three than the others? How did you view those three guys? Yeah, I think I think right now uh, Higby's got a lot more to contend with than the other two guys do in terms of uh, ball balls to go around. So, but I, I I'm I'm intrigued by all three players. I agree with your with your assessment about the 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 blocking capabilities of Font and he's more of a wide receiver, but certainly there were times last year where he was electric with some of those long touchdowns that he had. So yeah, all, 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 all of those players are, are, are interesting to me. And I think um, I, 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 I like of that group. I'm going to say Gesicki is a guy that I, I would be looking at in a few leagues because I think he's one that you can get a little bit cheaper and a little bit later, whereas the other guys maybe get a little bit more, um, uh, accolades, I would say. You know, Brad, I want to shift gears. Yeah, and, um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I, I, I agree with anything. You, I'm sorry. I mean, to cut you off. Was there something you want to finish up on those guys? Nope, nope. I was going to move to the next, but go ahead if you have something to finish there. You know, I, I wanted to. You know, I just I was going to. I was just going to talk about a young player and then a guy that's been in the league for a few years. Um, my beloved Vikings. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about who's going to catch the passes that have been uh, vacated by by digs. And I think there's a lot of consensus that Irv Smith is going to be that player. He's shown flashes of that. Uh, he's another player that he, he, unlike Font, I think is a more willing blocker, but he is best suited in the passing game. So I think he is going to be um, a player that, that, could be ascending and is going to show more in his second year than he was used last year. And the other one is Jack Doyle without Ebron and the combination of losing Ebron and getting Rivers in there who really loves throwing the short game and loves throwing to the tight end kind of moves his value up. What are are your thoughts on those two players? Well, 
I've loved Jack Doyle for a while. Uh, just an interesting guy. Um, not not the fastest afoot, but we know Philip Rivers loves to throw to his tight end. And even late in his career, when Antonio Gates didn't have the wheels that he had earlier in his career, he still always looked for him. And I think Jack Doyle will become, and Ebron's gone. I know they have Mo Ali Cox there, but I think he will be a very, very dependable set of hands for Philip Rivers. That's Doyle. And I, you know, I'm, I, the, the Smith had a couple of times last year where he 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 had a, a few games at the end of the year last year where he had some solid efforts. So, and I know you're a Viking guy, so I I trust your assessment of that player uh, in that regard. Yeah. Were there any? Uh, did you have any other yes. tight ends you wanted to see? There's four other guys, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take. And we've spoken a little about. Uh, there's four other guys that I'm looking at. So, Greg Olson. Go. I know he's. 35 years old and, and looking at a potential career in, in, in broadcasting. But you've, you said this before, Russell Wilson has made names and uh, out of tight ends that we've never even heard of, you know, who all of a sudden show up and have these big weeks. So I'm curious to know what you think Olsen can do there. And then the other guy I'm curious about is, is, is the player who will be taking the place of Austin Hooper, a guy that was drafted very high by the Ravens, a guy that the Falcons actually gave up a lot to bring there, and that's Hayden Hurst. Curious th- th- those opinions on those two players. Yeah, I, I like um, I like Hayden Hurst, and I like him in this situation. I think it's 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 he probably couldn't have had a better landing spot, quite frankly. Uh, I think um, Atlanta, you know, kind of uh, kind of kind of made that trade with that in mind to get uh, a replacement for the, you know, the, the receptions that Hooper, you know, is going to leave. And I think Hayden Hurst is a player that has always been well thought of and uh, just never could find his footing uh, with Baltimore. And I, I think I, I definitely, um, I, I definitely like him there. What, what, are, what, are your view, what are your views on him? Yeah, I just, I like the offense. I like the offense period. And I think, I would say if this was a normal year, I'd be more excited about it in, in, in meaning that they'd be getting the work, getting familiar with each other. But I still think that offense does like to throw to the tight end, especially in the red zone. And I like the situation, as you said, the situation that he fell into as good a situation that he could have. Um, so yeah, I agree with that one. Yeah, I think, you know, I think, you know, as we mentioned, there were just so many, um, of these young, um, there, there, there were just so many of these young tight ends uh, coming into this year that I think can 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 really, you know, step up. And I think uh, you know th- this will be the this will this will be the the fun aspect of it. You know, maybe right up there <clears throat> with uh, with any of the positions. Um, coming into the season about which of those guys will, will step up and, uh, and, um, and, you know, and, and become that elite guy. And as far as Olsen goes, I love the combination of one, him playing with Russell Wilson and he has got a chip on his shoulder because he thinks that Carolina did him dirty. Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, I think he's a guy that's going to go for next to nothing in auction drafts and very, very late in snake drafts. Um, 
as well. So I think there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's a position that can is is much deeper um than than previous years and uh, a couple of other interesting guys you know you talk about these guys that are now going to fill the role full time like they either were a clear bench player or they were sharing the the position like Jarwin Blake Jarwin in in Dallas has shown Real flashes of ability, and Dak Prescott has confidence in him. And now with Witten having moved on, um, that's another player that there is real potential to be top seven to ten tight end this year. What are you, What are your thoughts on that player? Uh, I, I, again, you know, we talk about offenses and what they can do. So, like like the Falcons, the Cowboys had a prolific offense last year, one of the, one of the top offenses in the league. And yeah, you take away those those throws that did go to Witten last year, uh, and, and Randall Cobb right now needs to be replaced. I don't know what they replaced him with, uh, you know, in the draft, but I think he's in a great situation to succeed, and, and probably one of those players that you can get very late in a, in a in a, uh, in a snake draft, and for a dollar in in a auction draft. So uh, definitely an enticing player. Let me let me ask you about two other two other players, Brett. Two young guys that were drafted last year. One who doesn't have to deal with concrete shoes, Jimmy Graham anymore, and that's Jay Sternberger. Uh, and I don't want to hear the name Jimmy Graham anymore because uh, that's a player that's just in decline. But Sternberger in Green Bay, Hawkinson in Detroit, same division, good quarterbacks, decent offenses. Who's got the better chance to succeed? I think Hawkinson because he's a better player. Um, Sternberger is interesting to me. He's another one of these guys that I think you're just fine taking him for very minimal amount in auction drafts and very, very late in snake drafts as your second tight end and just seeing what happens and seeing what evolves and going from there, the advantage that he has over most tight ends is he has the elite uh, Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. So I think he is certainly interesting. Hawkinson, I think, is going to be a player that is is going to be drafted as a, as a tight end one. He'll certainly be one of the top 12 tight ends drafted in Snake drafts, and he'll be going for maybe not a lot of money, but some money. Um, he had some good games at the beginning of the year. Again, it looked like Matt Stafford had complete confidence in that player, and he he got hurt, then Matt Stafford got hurt, then they were both hurt. It's kind of like something that we talked about in previous uh, podcasts. You just put a giant X next to the player and not worry about it, not be concerned, and, and start off fresh and, and look at that player with uh, – with with a new outlook, with some real potential. Did you have a view strongly on either of those two players? Yeah, Hawkinson. I mean, I, I I he got a lot of attention out of last year's draft. He had a couple of he had that one great game. I think it was a first or second week of the season, and then he got hurt and he just couldn't get on track. So he would be a player that I'd be looking at more. I agree with you that he'll be a top twelve tight end, uh, and I, and I I would like him over 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 Sternberger. But uh, yeah. Great discussion once again uh, on on the tight ends. You know we're gonna we're gonna roll on with this. We'll we'll talk about 
We're going to spend some time on kickers and special teams defense as well. So uh, we're going to wrap this one up. But uh, Wiz, it's been a pleasure talking again and uh, look forward to catching up in the, in the next episode. Absolutely. All right, great. Have a good afternoon. Yep. Yeah.